Stuttgarter Tor ist leer. Alles oder nichts. Das komplette Fleisch ist aus dem Grill. Auf dem Grill die Ecke kommt. Und er ist drin! Und er ist drin! Der absolute Wahnsinn! Der VfB Stuttgart bleibt in der ersten Fußball-Bundesliga. Schiebt sich vor. Welcome to Wild Base Stuttgart American, an American-based English-language Wild Base Stuttgart fan podcast for views are unofficial, uninformed, usually unprepared. This is episode 104. We are your hosts. My name is Travis. You can reach me at Hazelfish. His name is Matt. You can reach him at Cell Racer. You can reach us at Wild Americana online, on the website, everywhere. If it seems like I'm talking super fast, Matt, it's because you and I are going to attempt a sea loss speed type episode today and try to just get this done as quickly as possible in one take i what do you think our chances are are we gonna open net this or what i think we've got a better shot than martin harnick in front of an open net uh i believe in us i think we can do it travis uh so it probably won't end well <laughs> i know <laughs> poor martin harnick by the way that poor guy every episode <laughs> he, he's earned every bit of this <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, so we're going to skip shout-outs. We're going to skip news, headlines, and questions this episode. Uh, thanks to all of you who sent stuff in, but we're going to try and get a real quick episode in because we do have the big derby. Is it a derby or just a regional rivalry with the Pineapples? What is it coming up? Uh, regional rivalry, I think. I don't I don't know if we've gotten a derby stage yet. All right. Speaking of not getting in derby stage yet, let's talk about what Derek Ray said was the Southern Derby was the match versus Bayern. We were all super excited about this. Uh, we at least have the record for being the team that they have beaten the most in the Bundesliga, which is now 70, yeah, 70 times. Um, the lineups were the same as we've had the last couple matches. So why mess with a, a winning thing? Uh, going into the game, Everybody was kind of looking forward to this one. The announcers were looking forward to it. The teams were looking forward to it. You and I were looking forward to it. Um, and womp womp, just kind of a, as Hona said, we did not do much to make this a top game. I got to give you a shout out, though. You were worried about playing an angry Bayern. Um, well, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, angry Bayern showed up. Uh, at one point, <clears throat> Derek Ray said, like you've got to you you can't wait for Byron to make a mistake because they won't make mistakes and you can't make a mistake because they will undo you and when you get angry Byron they absolutely don't make mistakes and they are ready to pounce on everyone and the very first goal that they got minutes after the opening whistle we made a mistake and they punished us for it yeah it was like it was like Stuart was like oh yeah Derek Ray we doubled down on that one <laughs> <laughs> make a mistake right away we'll show you we'll see what you know oh <laughs> you know a lot oh sorry sir so i tried to break this down to just major talking points boring byron and boo oh pretty good there we'll we'll see how, how well that works there but the boring part was as honus said quote definitely a used evening for us we couldn't do anything to make this a top game end quote 
Um, like I said earlier, everybody was wrong about this game. Lead up into it, everybody was excited. Uh, everybody thought that Bayern would play attacking ball. We would play counterattack ball. It was completely the opposite. Um, this was the first match this season. Even the Leipzig match was exciting for at least a half for us. This was the first one all season that was just a snoozer. It, it wasn't entertaining. I felt bad. You know, brief shout out to Colorado, to Omaha, to Youngstown. Those guys were having uh, watch parties. This was the first one in a long time where you're like, uh, this is a hard one to to sell to anybody outside of VAR. So thank you to VAR for doing what they could <laughs> to keep us in this. Uh, we look nervous, Matt. I don't know if it was the big stage, the big lights, whatever, but I the big takeaway I took was it was just not entertaining. It was – I didn't finish this game. <laughs> I – realized that I was 20 minutes into the second half and I had no idea what was going on in the game. And I tried to force myself to re-engage with it. And I just couldn't quite do it. And granted, there was a lot of stuff going on that day. So I, you know, it was not an optimal situation, but it, yeah, the guys looked nervous. They looked like for the first time this season, they looked like, Oh crap, we're playing a team that's better than us. And it was reminding me of the Stuttgart of last year where we went and going, okay, well, I hope we can get something out of this versus the Stuttgart that played Leverkusen just a week ago mm-hmm. and went in with grins on their faces saying, we're going to punch you in the face and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't know what changed for the guys. I don't know if they were um, maybe feeling like their luck had run out or something, but every pass looked a step slower than it has every run looked a step slower we looked cautious and uncertain and it showed and Bayern made us pay yeah and that's kind of the second time what I want to get into is Bayern itself you know usually when you go into the Allianz Arena you're just hoping to get out of there without injuries right we we're going into there with house money as we talked about last week things are looking really good for us on the table we've beaten Dortmund and we tied against Bayern in the last you know, week, but boy, let's talk about Byron for a second. Was it a case that they are just that much better when they want to be? I mean, they looked fast. They looked angry. Uh, our passes were ragged, just rough. Nothing we could do with hold-up play was working. The balls were just bouncing off of Seiru. Uh, Joshua was getting gobbled up, not so much on defense, although there was one particular play where he got his just lunch handed to him. But on offense, it was almost like they were letting him have the ball because they knew he couldn't do anything uh with it so was this a case of maybe we shouldn't overreact too much because Bayern played lights out in this match they have a level of talent on that team that on their day they're just unbeatable just full stop they've For a while, Bayern was basically the German national team. And they're not that, but they've brought in guys like Kim on defense, who was fantastic all day. And they they out-tacticked us, if that's a word. (laughs) Um, And I I think you're right. I was finding myself late in the first half and early in the second half before I totally tuned out, um, wishing Joshua Vagnamon would stop making forward runs. And that's not something I've found myself doing a lot this year, but uh, Enzo seemed to not be fully engaged and going forward. And so it felt like Fagnaman was trying to make up for that. 
And he, you're absolutely right. The Bayern team, the defenders were letting him get deep and then making him make an awkward angle cross, which is not a strength of his. And then we've got a defender deep in the offensive end and they'd counter and we're down one of our best defenders. So they, they played a smart game and we fell into every trap and the, the caution and just the lack of, I don't know, we're back to decaf in the clubhouse, I think, because um, <laughs> we just didn't have it going today. I did. Yeah, it was almost like a perfect storm where I think Derek Ray said it perfectly is the worst time to play Bayern is after a loss. And so they were embarrassed against Frankfurt. Um, I I wonder if it's a case where Bayern gets bored during the regular season a lot of times. And this was a game where they weren't bored. This is a game that got their attention because we were the up and comers. And I think they wanted to punch us in the mouth a little bit. They played a different formation. Than they usually play. They played a different style than they usually play. And it worked perfectly for them. Ahona said, quote, we weren't good at counter pressing. We were weak from playing the ball. And quote, the thing that was bizarre is we had 60% possession in this thing. But it reminded me of the Cologne Freiburg match that took place earlier that day where Cologne had all the possession, but there was not a single moment in that match where you thought they were going to do anything with it. It was the same thing with this match. It didn't look like we, we could have the ball all day long. And they, Byron was just fine with that. And as soon as we made one mistake, boom, they were off to the races. Yeah, it seemed like they were positioning themselves for us to make that one bad pass. They're like, go ahead and cycle the ball around, do what you got to do. At some point, this will the execution is going to fall off just enough, and we're going to punish you. And that's what they did over and over and over. Yeah, I wasn't and even really, – Like, shout out to um, to Nubel who I think was rightfully probably a little nervous, Byron Loney uh, back in the Allianz for the first time. He played well. He made some huge saves. Uh, the game could have been much worse than 3-0. Um, but he was probably one of the only guys who I thought had a pretty decent game. Everybody else just seemed eh. Yeah, I forgave him for that first-minute mistake pretty quickly after that first-minute mistake when he probably could have came out more aggressively. Because he mm -hmm. kept us in it. It was funny if you read the kicker review of the game, the amount of times they said that Newell, you know, prevented chances just in the first half alone. It was just the guy got a workout uh, in this match. The only thing I was really bummed about is it's you can't really blame anybody, really. I mean, I th it looked like they were clogging the middle and clogging the left hand side, and they were kind of forcing the right side of Karazor and Vagnamon to kind of get a lot of touches on the ball. Um, it's hard to be upset with any one particular player. The only thing I was really upset with was Harry King got two goals. I was kind of like hoping that we could make a, a little fun with the, uh, who was going to get the golden boot or whatever it is. And Zayru uh, was invisible. So let's go to that. The yeah. next part I had, which was boo. And by boo, I just mean invisible, scary. Uh, there was a lot of things that were kind of odd about this. One was that Zayru was invisible pretty much the entire match. Uh, Stiller was invisible pretty much the entire match. Those are two guys that play a big role in whatever we do. I don't think we had a legit shot on goal after the 15th, 16th, 17th minute or so. I know there was one uh, towards the end of the match uh, that Leveling had. Um, the thing that's bizarre is I called out Tuchel last week. I was like, I'm not impressed with the guy. I don't think he's that good. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, that was not the right time to say that. So let's talk about that just for a second. It, it, 
is the rest of the league starting to figure us out a little bit? Is it a case of having the two strikers up front is clogging things up a little bit? Um, Cause I do agree. Sebastian was out coached in this one. We were outplayed in this one. Um, they kind of let us have the possession and then just countered us. Is it, is Russell Lee kind of figuring that out a little bit? Is it too soon to say that? Or I, I think it's too soon to say, um, I think, uh, Tuchel has outed himself as a listener of the podcast. Um, <laughs> he took it personally that you called him out That's right. and decided to study really hard for this test instead of doing the normal phone it in job that he's been doing. Um, and that showed, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm of the opinion we can't take away a lot from this game. Hmm. Uh, it's one data point. It is a data point. Um, I felt like Undav at times was creating some opportunities. I don't think anything ever came of them, but he had some really good runs. Mm -hmm. He made some good passes. He was trying some stuff. Uh, I felt like he was asserting himself more than Jirasi was. I think they just, they figured out that if they sat on Jirasi and if they limited Undav, that we were basically hosed. Mm -hmm. And with Enzo not playing at his best, with Furich not playing at his best, Schiller not playing at his best, they were right. They they sat on our most lethal threat and they minimized our second most lethal threat and we were toothless. So it, it's going to take... We're, we're a club, we've been saying all year, that it's been fun to see everybody participate and everybody contribute. And we're a team that needs everybody doing that. We can't have a game where... Uh, Milo and Furich have bad days at the same time. Like we can afford maybe one guy to have an off day. And we had a lot of guys with off days in this match. Let me ask you this just for a second, because this is a big talking point. In a lot of the articles I was reading about Stuttgart playing up front with Undav and with Gerasi um, and how in a weird perverse way, people, you can't bench either one of them because they're just too good but how things seem to be a little bit smoother when you just had one of them up front, as opposed to both of them. Where are you on that camp about having both guys in? Is it too much of a good thing up there? Or is it something that we only have to worry about for one more match? Cause well, <laughs> the winter transfer window is coming up. So uh, let's stop complaining about it. I, I am hopeful. Jurassi sticks around. Um, I I maintain what I said last time and that I feel like these guys have to learn how to be complementary pieces together. And the only way to really learn that is in live fire matches. And so the hope has to be that they sit down together, they watch some film, and they start having conversations about when you went here, I went there. What did you expect me to do? Well, it would help me if you did this thing, that kind of stuff. And if they have a good back and forth. And if the coaches are facilitating that type of communication, I think this can work. Um, I especially think it can work if they take turns playing back as more of a false nine type of thing and rotating. And then both of them can stay fresher through the game. And the defense never knows which one of them is going to be the point of the spear. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do that. I don't know. We're definitely not there yet. Um, hopefully Seru sticks around and they're having those conversations and we can get there. But uh, this, I don't think it would have mattered if we had replaced Undav with another midfielder in this match. Um, they, Seru just got wrapped in bubble wrap and sat on a shelf by Bayern. It's like, they went, we don't want you to get hurt against us. Go get hurt against somebody else. Yeah, it's weird because 
you bring this phrase up as being a prisoner of the moment or the recency bias is that two weeks ago we we're like yeah they, them both of them up front this is the perfect thing in the world and a week later you're like ah you know i don't know i guess i'm leaning more towards I, i'm probably if you had to put me down in a corner right now i'd say i'd rather just see one of them up front because of the success we had earlier in the year that i think you mentioned last episode the problem with my theory is that we did that earlier in the year when we had a lights out striker who was just in the form of his life and was missing nothing and now sabers come back to earth just a tiny bit here so it'll be interesting to see how the augsburg match goes because you kind of want to take this stuff in a in a hole as opposed to just looking like you said one match at a time especially against a a Bayern team that was motivated and was looking to to do something really big in this match. So let's take the final thoughts in reality because there's really not much to take away from the match. So here's where we're at. We dropped to fourth place. We're in 31 points. How much should we panic now, Matt? Is it is the fall is sky falling? None. We should panic none. We are behind a Bayer Leverkusen team that is having one of the greatest seasons of any German team ever that looks like a remote control ball of knives uh, run by a demented 13-year-old every week uh, behind a Bayern Munich team that has elite talent from front to back and players sitting on the bench that wouldn't consider starting at other Bundesliga clubs. Uh, We've got a Leipzig team that is a little bit up and down, but incredibly dangerous on the attack. And those are the four teams ahead of us, or the three ahead of us. Like, oh, no. (laughs) We... (laughs) We have, I think we have more points already than we did all season last year. We're, <laughs> we're fine. <clears throat> the teams immediately behind us, too, are a Dortmund team that can't decide who they are this year, a Freiburg team that is just kind of generic Freiburg team, mm-hmm. Hoffenheim, Frankfurt, Wolfsburg, Augsburg. Like These are all teams that this year I feel like we're better than, seriously. Mm-hmm. And so sitting behind Leverkusen, Bayern, and Leipzig, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think Bayern destroyed Frankfurt this week. Uh, Bayern destroyed us. Leipzig destroyed Hoffenheim. And those are the three. We're still five points up on Dortmund. And according to what report you read, they are having team meetings about calling out their coach. So things aren't too happy up north of Stuttgart there. I think this game showed exactly where we're at. We, we're a good, not great team. We're a team that plays much better at home than on the road. Um, we're a team that I think with luck, you see it every year in the Bundesliga. There's a random team you didn't expect that can fight for a fourth spot. That we're that team this year. I mm. I think the dreams that maybe were never really dreams of finishing in a top third three spot, that's pretty clearly not going to happen. But we're in that four, five, six spot. And I think the teams you mentioned, yeah, we're at eye level or above those teams. So I think this game showed us exactly where we're at. I think the Augsburg game is going to be important to show us are we maintaining that status where we're at, which is why I think, you know, it's good, good measuring stick. We went into this thing. We got Dortmund, we got Bayer Leverkusen, we got Bayern München. This is going to show us where we're at. And I think we're in a good spot. I am fully guilty of last week saying that our showing against Leverkusen proves that we could win the league. (laughs) And at the time, if we had played as well against Bayern Munich as we did, Leverkusen, I might still be singing that song. Uh, we didn't. And I think that's part of this team growing is we're going to have some off days like we did against Leipzig earlier in the season when we got smoked 5-0. This time it was only a 3-0 shellacking <laughs> to the 
league record holders. So, like, I'm not real worried about it. Yeah, it gave me a little bit of pride, too, is that when the guys did get subbed off, they weren't happy about it. So yeah. it looked like they clearly expected more going into this one. And g- before we go into the next one, I do want to throw a shout out to the traveling supporters. Um, I think uh, Captain Armadillo may have been there. He's you know one of our OFC members. I don't know if we heard you on there, but boy, oh boy. I put on Twitter that at one point we were getting blown out in this match. And all I could hear on ESPN Plus were the traveling supporters. It was, it was really wild. The first 12 minutes were weird because of the protests and the silence that were taking place because of the investor situation. But the rest of it, it was hard to tell they were playing on the road. It was just, I know we kiss up to these guys and gals all the time, but kudos to them. They were loud. They were proud. And you could hear them all the way over here. We kiss up to them all the time and we will continue to because they continue to be epic. It was phenomenal and one of my favorite things about this team we've got another match coming up against another southern team matt so let's let's just dive right into it we've got augsburg now so when i say augsburg to you what is the first thing first couple two three thoughts that go through your mind pineapples 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 (laughs) it looks like the tropical pineapple island team of southern germany just their logo (laughs) i i know that is not their logo i have been corrected so many times i don't care this is my head cannon. They are the Augsburg Fighting Pineapples and will be for the rest of my days. Sometimes I like to call them the Flaming Pineapples. It gives them a little Love bit of aggressiveness. That when I think of Augsburg, I think of I always think of a tough, gritty team. I always think of the six nothing shellacking they give us when Marcus Weinzerl was our good looking yet not very good head coach <laughs> one relegation season there. So yeah, I always feel like this is a rough match to play against. So we'll see how this is going to go. We're playing on Wednesday at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. But we're playing at home against our southern neighbors here. This is pretty wild. In all our matches all time, it's 11 wins for, 11 wins against. This thing is as even, Steven, as can be. We got four points against them last year. We had a draw on the road, and we had a win at home. Uh, Endo scored an ugly goal on the road to kind of keep us in the running. And then Seru and Anton scored on uh, home to get us a big win in, uh, I believe it was Hitzelsberger's last match involved. And Anton had that amazing goal, and then he immediately cramped up and wasn't able to celebrate uh, the <laughs> poor guy. Um, in both those games, Albert, Augsburg scored very early, the fifth minute, the eighth minute. Home teams dominate this one, though. So we are 4 0 in the last four home matches dating back to 2018. Uh, they only have one win on the road this season. We're playing pretty well at home this season. Um, we're fourth on the table. They're 10th on the table. What are you thinking uh, going into this one? I think we will get angry Stuttgart uh, against Augsburg. Like we had to deal with angry Bayern. Um, as you said, the guys that came off were clearly disappointed. Enzo had a mild fit about it. And it was, it did not appear to be, to me at least, the fact that he was subbed off, it my reading of his body language was I had a missed opportunity. Like all these guys, you want to show up that you should be on your national team. You want to show up that you're ready for prime time. Go show it against Leverkusen too, but go show it against Bayern München. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do it. So I think the guys will be extra focused. They'll want to show that they are as good as they have been. and they're at home. And as good as our traveling support is, they're even better at home. Yep. 
So I, I feel pretty good about this. Uh, I think the guys will get refocused and Honus will write the ship. It's interesting you mentioned that national team aspect because I thought that too. And I think that's one of the only things that can maybe hold us back a little bit is I think when we played against Bayern, you had all these guys from Chris to Dennis, uh, Seiru, maybe Seiru's playing for attention and maybe it was a little bit more individualistic than it usually is trying to make the perfect pass as opposed to the smart pass. Add in angry Bayern and it was just a recipe for disaster. So hopefully that butt kicking kind of brings everybody back together and Sebastian is able to kind of rally the troops again, you know, back home. Cause it would be great to end 2023 with a win 34 points at home. I mean, we're going to be feeling good regardless of oh, yeah. how Wednesday goes, but just what a great send off that would be. So Augsburg has been playing really well though. They are one of the kind of mid table talks of the season. They're always predicted to be relegated, but they got Jester up who is their coach who was rumored to be, our coach last year before we got uh, Bruno and then Sebastian, he's got them playing pretty well right now. They've got two wins and two draws in their last five. So what do you think the odds makers have this one? We're at home. And what does Matt think this one is going to be? I think the odds makers probably give us half a goal because we're at home. Um, I could see this being a pick em. I think we, I'd give us a one goal advantage. Augsburg is always a better team than you think they are. And they always seem to play us better than they do other teams. Um, I don't think this is a game that we can sleepwalk through. We're going to have to show up and do what we can do or else it's going to get ugly fast. Final score. Uh, two to one. Good guys. You're pretty close. The odds makers have this one at, Stuttgart minus 1.5 goals. They've got us as a huge favorite in this one, which is why in the predictions, I'm going to take Augsburg on the predictions on this one. <laughs> it's just, we, I can't remember the last time we had a goal and a half advantage. That frightens me a little bit. Um, so I guess I, I looking a little closer, here's probably why guess what Augsburg's goal differential is. It's gotta be in the negatives, right? It's negative four. Okay. And we're at positive 15. Hmm. Now, uh, I'll repeat it just because it's very strange to say about a Stuttgart team. Our goal <laughs> differential is positive 15. <laughs> so it's a 19-point swing. Um, I could see why the odds makers have it set there. I guess you and I are probably a little gun-shy after the, the beatdown. Um, I think we'll get up by a goal, cruise for a little bit, get up by a second. Augsburg will get one back late. That's my guess. Man, I, boy, I'll probably get suckered into taking Stuart before all is said and done in this one. That's a, a two. You're, you're going to change your guess? All the time. Whatever. Is that allowed? I'm in last place in our prediction, so I got to do something to shake, <laughs> to shake it up. Um, I, boy, I'll say a three, I'll say a three nil result for us, actually. I, as scared as I am as Alex, of Augsburg, and as much as we're kind of coming down after that big beatdown, by Byron. Uh, we're at home. I like what you said, angry Stuttgart. We haven't seen that a lot. It'll be really interesting to see how the guys bounce back from what happened um, this weekend. So, you know what? I, I'm i going to keep the optimistic train going. I'm going to say 3-0 for Stuttgart. I think Sabre is going to get a swan song goal here. And I'm going to predict a – boy, we haven't had – I don't think we had a corner all last week. So, I'm going to predict a dance. <laughs> so, uh, Thunderheader to get in there. And then um, – 
uh, let's get an Enzo goal. So those are I'm gonna go in three so, nil. Newell gets a uh, a shutout in this one. So, Jurassic uh, Swan Song goal. Are you also predicting he's gone over the winter transfer break? I think. It, well, oh, I think we'll talk a lot about this after the Oxford match, but I'm reading the tea leaves and it's not the tea leaf. It, it's not tasting very good right now. I just, I got, I got a weird <laughs> vibe. I got a weird vibe on this one that uh, I think it's clear that we're not a top three team. And so if Sabre wants to play champions league football, which all these guys do, mm-hmm. It's going to be a fight for us to do that, which is awesome. I mean, that's yeah. that's awesome. But if he can get a Manchester United like the rumors are, which I don't follow the Premier League, but even as a disaster as they are, they've got a lot of money, and they're still not that far away from one of the top four or five spots. So I think it's going to be tough for him to turn down one of the big offers he's going to get. I just th- That's life-changing money. And you're going to the best league in the world, and you're going to an iconic team, and you've got a chance to finish in the top, you know, uh, Champions League. Uh, I think it's gonna be tough for him to turn that down. So if you were gonna, again, put me in a corner right now, I bet we're Seiru less going into January. And part of that could be because he'll be in Africa, and maybe that way I can claim I'm right, no matter what. Well, first, nobody puts Travis in the corner. Uh, <laughs> second, I love that. Uh, Ted Lasso Travis hates the tea. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't have an opinion on this yet, which is why I wanted to corner you and make you say yours on the corner. I, <laughs> I hate giving it, I hate giving opinions of any kind. I just I think he's gonna be that comet that just whizzes by and uh, we brought a lot of I don't know a lot of fantastic things to us over the course of that year, year and a half, and then is gone. It's just mm. like fleeting, you know, star type of thing. Uh, that, I tried to wrap a lot of really bad metaphors into, into a comment that brings something like the dinosaurs comment that was brought to them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> see, I love a Malifor. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, it's bizarre because I, I think he's short time for us. Like I've said, you know, the longest I think he's going to be here is through May, which is not a hot take at all. I think everybody says that. So it's either January, it's either May, whatever the case may be. Um, I don't know. I I just, I'm getting a weird feeling with it. Um, That's why I think the Augsburg match would be a lot of fun. If we can get a win, say we could get a goal, 34 points, and we can kind of just ride it off into the sunset and, you know, see what, see what January brings. We'll keep our fingers crossed that it is a pleasant end to December. Yeah. How's that for a hot take? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My official opinion on this is, yeah. <laughs> I know. Shoulder shrug emoji for everyone. <laughs> right. Accompanied with an awkward shrug, since this is a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait till we get our YouTube channel going. That'll be something. Very visual podcast. <laughs> All right, Matt, we have accomplished the impossible. We have wrapped this episode up in less than the Zoom allotment eliminates us off the episode, which is 40 minutes. Any final thoughts before we head into Augsburg or against Augsburg on Wednesday? I think this just proves that anything is possible if you really put your mind to it. (laughs) We don't want to talk to each other a second longer than we possibly (laughs) have to. That's what I got out of this. Uh, you know everybody's got a little bit of a Byron hangover and uh the 
best cure is the hair of the dog or the hair of the flaming pineapple. That's right. Flying pineapples for everybody. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this super short, super brief uh, Bayern hangover episode. Hopefully we can uh, kind of hair the dog it, hair the pineapple it. Get to Augsburg on Wednesday, and we'll talk to you all next time. Matt, thanks so much for joining on for this short time. It was a pleasure to talk to you less than I usually do. <laughs> thanks, Travis. I'm glad we could be brief. <laughs> talk to you next week, everybody. <laughs> oh, hey. It's not record. <laughs> okay.